Today I'm interviewing James. He is a South African entrepreneur who came to Europe for his partner and master studies. He came in the midst of the pandemic and had an amazingly smooth process. I hope you enjoy listening. Immigration Stories Austria. Hi, James. Nice to meet you. Hello, Barbara. Nice <laughs> to meet you. you too. Thank you so much for being here. Um, can you quickly introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't know you yet? Sure. Hi, guys. Um, I'm James. I'm from Cape Town, South Africa. And yeah, I live in Vienna, Austria. Been here now for two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you moved from Kapstadt. How did you go about this? Like, why did you leave beautiful South Africa and <laughs> decide... Yeah, on that, Vienna. That's what everybody here asks me. And it's funny because all the other people I meet who have moved to Vienna for, um, from somewhere beautiful like Cape Town have mostly the same reason. And that is because of my girlfriend or my partner. Um, she lived in South Africa for six years. Uh, we met early on before she, she moved there. Um, and at some point, it just kind of made sense for her life to come back. Uh, it was more around her university studies and things like that and I was at a point in my life where I was pretty keen to try something new out and um, also from like a business and money perspective there was mm -hmm. more opportunity for me here so yeah it's kind of like a holistic decision mm -hmm. um, yeah, I followed so, her here so it was also a little bit of a professional decision as well or yeah, kind of it was like um, you know I wanted, she, she needed to, she, she had to go. It was really better for her studies to come back. She studies mechanical engineering um, and um, for her to continue her studies, um, it just made sense to come back to TU um, and the university in Cape Town was just a lot of problems and very expensive. Um, and I told her like, you need to go, it's time to go. Um, and I sort of pushed for it. And so we, we had already been together for six years at that point. So it was obvious like, we had to, you know, I had to come. <laughs> like yeah. We, you know, we're partners. That's sweet. And um, at the same time, though, we obviously didn't want me to just move for the sake of moving. You know, it's not good for a relationship, that. So I, um, and, and yeah, I was at a point in my life where I, I, I was running my business. I have a, a education company in South Africa, which had sort of plateaued, reached like a, we weren't growing a lot and I was doing the same thing year on year and I wasn't so happy with it and I wanted to do other things but I didn't really know what to do in South Africa, I didn't feel like there was a lot of other opportunities um, and so I thought, oh, I'm sure there's a lot of cool stuff going on in, in Vienna and Austria and I'd been here many times so I'd already visited five times so mm -hmm. I knew how cool Vienna was <laughs> and, um, and I yeah, I looked, so I, so I started looking what maybe I could study something because I thought it's going to be hard to get a job from South Africa um, and where am I going to work and what am I going to do and what kind of jobs even exist, you know, mm -hmm. there's only so much you can find on the internet. And then um, when I started researching into studies, because I thought that's maybe a good way in, I found mm -hmm. a really cool program at, uh, at VU, uh, the Vienna University of Business and Economics, um, a master's program strategy innovation and management control very much up my alley uh cool way mm -hmm. to introduce myself to the startup scene here and um the, the cherry on top was really that it, it's affordable so like as a third third country 
um, third national or whatever it's called. I'm sure if you're listening, you're probably one of them. And um, they, it's usually very expensive to come and study in Europe. So mm-hmm. that if you want to go to the Netherlands, uh, most universities are like 10, 20,000 euros a year for a foreigner, same in the UK. But at, um, at VU and in Austria in general, I think I, I was paying 1,500 euros a year. Oh, wow. That's a lot cheaper. Yeah. And a lot cheaper than I would have paid for a master's in South Africa as a South African. So as soon as I saw all of this, it like all lined up and I was like, mm-hmm. this is a great plan. Let's do it. <laughs> That's so cool. So you mentioned a couple of options. You were an entrepreneur in South Africa. You thought about a really cool program you wanted to study here and you were in a relationship. These are three very different visa types. Which one did you go for and why? So that was also why studying made a lot of sense because student visas are easy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know once you've got a once you've been accepted at an institution and you've got that stamp from the from the university saying that you can come there um then student yeah student visas are pretty straightforward and i don't think um a lot of people get denied a student visa if the institution has already vetted you and accepted you um mm-hmm. so yeah i applied for a student visa was it as easy as you planned so it wasn't um primarily because of covid mm. so this decision was made to come here in the middle of 2019 and then um, i'd made my application at the end of 2019 and got accepted um and the plan was to come in summer before university starts around june or july um and so i was going to start my application in like march april of 2020 and hot time yeah. yeah end of march 2020 is when south africa went into full-on lockdown um and the austrian embassy shut its doors and everyone thought the world was going to collapse so that wasn't easy uh, but i was persistent and i emailed them a lot and i called a lot and eventually i got a hold of some very nice lady at the embassy um oh and, so you called the embassy yeah so like the usual visa um like services those in-between services are you used an in-between service no no no. so so i think in previously when i came to visit um austria you had to apply through an like an agency okay there's like agencies in south africa that handle the applications for the embassies because mm-hmm. south africans have to apply for lots of visa okay <laughs> we've got a terrible passport um it's the green passport and we call it the green mamba because it bites us <laughs> with lots of visa fees oh wow yeah um so I don't actually know how it would have worked with a student one, but long either way, if you needed a visa at this point in COVID, the only person you could talk to was the embassy probably. Mm-hmm. So yes, if you're applying from South Africa, you start through the embassy. You don't start through like MA35, you start through the embassy. So you called up the Austrian embassy s- in South Africa. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Called up the Austrian embassy in South Africa, left, no, left, left messages, um, emails, and yeah, at the first... The first, I think it was like April was when we were in heavy lockdown. No one was answering. But then there was like a light lockdown moment in May. And officially on the website, everything was still closed. But I managed to get through to someone. And yeah, it was one of those situations where like it wasn't, I don't know. Tech, the website kept saying like we're closed. We're not accepting applications. But once I told them that I had been accepted to um, an Austrian university and explained my situation... Um, I don't know, the lady was said, cool, send me, send me your documents. And so I took every opportunity, I took that opportunity, sent my documents, followed and every, every opportunity I could get, 
um, to speak to her or to send her something I did and mm. eventually uh, yeah the process began and um, I think they sent my documents to MA35 and yeah that was a whole whole process mm-hmm. super cool so when you're you applied obviously outside of your Austria yeah um, how did you know it was MA35 because it's usually based on where you're um, gonna be living um, or did you have to submit any any intentions of that you're gonna move to Vienna or no, are you gonna like you know there's yeah. Niederösterreich is not too no. far yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah I had to, I had to submit where I was gonna live and all that stuff mm-hmm. um, and then I think when you apply for the first time it doesn't depend on where you live I think your first application goes through like a centralized office mm-hmm. it's okay. not it's not like at least that's how it was for me um, I think it was some office in I can't actually remember. It was very far away from where I live. Okay. <laughs> it was in like it was in the in near Floridsdorf or something. Like ah, okay, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't. I, I think it was MA thirty five. I can't even remember. I think, but yeah. I, how did I know who to apply to? I didn't. It was. It all works through the through the embassy. So you prepare your documents for the um, sort of for the MA thirty five or for the Home Affairs like the agency in in, um, in Austria, the, the institution in Austria. Um, you send your documents to the to the um, embassy. The embassy then submits those documents to the to the um, Austrian authorities in Austria and then they give them the okay. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like you do everything through the embassy. And then only once you come here, then you start dealing with, with the um, with the authorities yourself exactly exactly because mm-hmm. they like they basically give like a pre-approval and then the embassy gives you a visa mm-hmm. and then you get a three-month visa to come and sort it all out here yeah yeah mm-hmm. so what documents did you initially have to submit i think i had to submit so what did i have to submit i had to submit um my my university degrees i had to get all of that um translated and and um isn't that notarized that was funny it was all in english but the documents said like it said i had to get it translated to german and then when i actually submitted it here in person once i was already in vienna they were like why did you tra- translate it i was like Cause it said i had to translate it oh. in english it's wrote you must translate your documents so i translated my documents and he apologized and told me i didn't have to do that so i spent quite a lot of money on that because it had to be like an official translation Oof. yeah Mm-hmm. And then I had to get, um, what else did I have to get? I had to get my university degree and stuff, like, signed off by some special authority in South Africa. They had to stamp it and do all sorts of stuff. Um, I had to prove funds. I think that's the worst part about moving here, is that when you're for, with a student visa, you have to prove that you have a year's worth of money in a check account. I think it was like 1,200 euros a month. So times 12. So I'd have like the equivalent of 12,000 euros like in a, in, a, in a normal check account. And that was annoying because I had to like um, liquidate investments. And, you know, because who keeps 12,000 euros in like a ready to spend account? Currently every Austrian, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I had to get that sorted out. Also, I think I borrowed a bit of money from family um, and put it in a bank account and then send them proof of that um and then it was the the other stuff like where was i gonna live 
and that which I'm lucky because my because Imma, my partner, she was already here, um, and she, um, you know, she was able to provide me with all those documents. So that was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it must have been hard, let alone like deal with the authorities in South Africa while you were all under lockdown as well, getting all your stamps from university and everything translated in a lockdown country. Yeah, it was. Um, so we went out of lockdown at the beginning of May and then I went into like, so we went out of like full on lockdown. We were in like light down, locked on light kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went into full drive, full mode, like getting all the documents I could and, and following up on everything that I could. I already had all my university documents, which was good. So I just had to um, mail it to the to the authorities. And um, that happened to actually be pretty quite simple. I think I actually only had to email it to them because they were able to check with the institution that it was it was legit. Um, and yeah, for the most part, it was. I got lucky, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also, lockdown. I mean, I had time on my hands, right? So <laughs> yeah. I had time to like email people and get on people's cases. I think the 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 most strenuous part was. Once I had submitted everything, I then had to travel to Pretoria from Cape Town um, because there was an, there's an Austrian consulate in, in Cape Town, but that was closed because of oh, no. COVID. So I had to fly up to Johannesburg, stay in Johannesburg, drive to Pretoria. But it was cool. I had friends to visit and a reason to travel. So it wasn't the end of the world. A uh, very positive take on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how long the whole process took you? Um so I think it was the beginning of May when I started kickstarting everything, mm-hmm. and I got, I got my visa issued. I think in um, September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That was um, yeah, not too long. So not you were long. here for the start of your studies. Yeah, I actually flew on October first, twenty twenty, which was the day the borders opened in South Africa. Um, I would have been able to fly because I had the visa D. Um, so people who had um, European citizenship or European residency um, or a visa D because it's like sort of a visa to go and get your residency um, were allowed to leave South Africa and fly like re- re- repatriate to to Europe. Um, so as soon as I got my visa D, I was a- I was able to repatriate and I had a repatriation flight booked at the end of September, but it was quite expensive and it had a refund, like a full refund clause, like they did with everything in COVID. And then the borders opened and I was able to book a commercial flight for like half the price and mm. with a return ticket that I could extend into the future and use one day. So um, I flew on October 1st as soon as everything opened, which was pretty cool. <laughs> Cheeky, but that yeah. sounds good. Cool. Um, you also said that you've been here for almost... Um, for over two years, right? Yeah, I've been here so, two years and probably three months. If my months. calculations are correct, you finished your master's. Yes, I did. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but it also means you're probably not on a student visa anymore. No, I'm not. So that's the other awesome part about being a student is that it makes the next part really easy. So I'm on a red, white, red card um, for graduates, which mm-hmm. means that because I studied in 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 austria and got an austrian degree um i was entitled to to get a red white red card which is a a, like a worker's permit um but usually when you get a 
if you were to apply for a red, white, red card, if I was to apply for a red, white, red card as a South African, let's say I found a cool company, we they liked me, we had calls, and they say, all right, awesome, we want to hire you. Um, then we would apply for a red, white, red card together. Um, but in that scenario, they would have to do a job search for an Austrian of the equivalent qualifications and standards as I am. And then only once they couldn't find one of those, they would then be allowed to hire me. And that's obviously an expensive process. Hence, no Austrian company is going to hire James from South Africa out of the blue, unless he's got some crazy skills that are very on paper special. But then there's another visa for that. So um, that's the special thing when you're when you've studied in Austria is they don't have to do that. So if you've graduated from a university in Austria, you just have to find a job. And once you find that job, um, they can apply. You can apply for a red, white, red card. And it's kind of, I think, in my opinion, just a process you have to go through. Like you will get you will get accepted um, mm -hmm. from what I understand, as long as you as long as you've done everything right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How long do you have to switch visas? So I think um, in there is a there's a there's a special residence permit that you can go on to for six months, I think, to go look for a job. But in my case, I got the job while I was a student. Um, so I worked for 20 hours um, from starting in May. And um, I because that was that's the maximum you're allowed to work when you're on a student visa. So I worked 20 hours and they we all agreed the whole plan was that I would go full time as soon as I graduate. Um, so I was able to apply for my red, white, red card before my student visa expired. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty easy then. So it all worked out quite well. And then once you've applied, I think I applied the day before my my red, my student visa ran out, which was that was a bit stressful because when it was time to apply, I um, when I looked to get a to get a, a appointment at the authorities, they had like a month waiting list, and the only day available was like the day before my my red my residence permit was going to expire. So I got that date. But once you've applied, they give you a document saying like you've applied, you're allowed to stay in the country mm -hmm. until you get an answer. And yeah. how long did that transition take you? So I think I applied at the end of November and I received my red, white, red card at the end of December. Oh, so wow. we submitted the documents via, um, via email. I, I had a lot of support from my company, which was cool, but I could have done it on my own. Um, and we submitted all the documents um, online via email. Um, which kind of, I think, fast-tracks the process. And then I had my appointment at the end of November, which was super quick, super easy, because they were like, oh, we have all your documents, we just need your fingerprints, in, out. I think it took me 30 minutes. Um, and then they sent a, and actually it would have been faster, they sent something, I had to get paid, it was like the card fee. And then my company thought they'd paid it, but they actually hadn't paid it, so there was a delay. So I actually would have gotten it even earlier, um, but I ended up getting it at the end of December. So it was pretty quick. I think it was full, like the full process was six or seven weeks. Oh, wow. That's really quick. Cool. Yeah. So your overall experience, you would consider it actually really positive. Yeah. I've heard a lot of horror stories about Austrian immigration stuff. <laughs> um, and in my case, it was pretty straightforward. Um, it was also cool when I went to get my red, 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 uh, to do the 
fingerprints and stuff and submit my documents and make sure everything was good and have that appointment, um, I was planning to leave the country. Um, I wanted to go visit, I went to visit my family in December. Um, and so that I was going to be in this limbo mode, right? I, I had submitted an application, but my student residence permit had expired and I needed to travel. Mm-hmm. So originally I had been told, I think by some people, one of these agencies that give you advice, um, I think actually one of the ones you referred me to, that once I have the document that says like I've applied for my residence permit, that, that would get me back in the country. So when I went actually to submit my application, which was a week before I was traveling, they told me, uh, no, you need an emergency visa. So I had like a little breakdown in the, in, in the office there. No, oh, not no. really. But I got really stressed and the lady was super nice. So she said, don't worry, um, just go outside and I'll come back in a moment. And she called the other authority that handles the, um, the emergency visa stuff. And I don't know, five minutes later, she came out with papers that she'd printed, giving me all the information and a sticky note saying you have an appointment at this time um, on this day. So the next week I went to this other this other authorities. And again, super, super quick walked in because they had obviously processed all my information in advance. I had to send them a few documents, um, walked in. What's your name? James, give me your passport. Cool. Go sit down over there. 10 minutes later, someone comes and calls my name. I walk into the office. They say, here's your passport with your visa already in it. You can pay outside. And that was it. And then I actually didn't pay outside because the card machine wasn't working, which I found very funny. They were like, oh, you can just send us the money later. <laughs> so like I left with a visa that I hadn't paid for, but I did pay for it in the end. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Great. Good to <laughs> I'm know. not going to get on the wrong side of the authorities here. I've already got a ticket for crossing the street with... Um, when the light was wrong, so uh, <laughs> I'm trying to play careful. Classic, classic. But cool, that's that's really awesome that you had such a positive experience. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anyone starting the process right now? Or do you have any tips besides travel with an emergency visa? <laughs> and um, What tips do I have? I think, I think don't stress too much about it. I think a lot of people stress a lot. And I think like just follow the guidelines there's all the lists on the internet i think it's um you know follow the follow the guidelines follow up on things like if you're not getting a response just call email like be annoying until they that's what i did with my visa in south africa it was like i need to get to austria to study i've been accepted i'm going and i just would just got on their nerves i think i sent a lot of i followed up every week And then every week they said, we're still closed or whatever. But every week I sent an email, every Monday, every Monday. And then I'd call. And eventually they were like, all right, this guy's going to piss us off and clearly really wants to go. So I think persistence is very important when you're in a, if, if there, especially if there's a weird scenario like I was in, be on top of it. Um, and then I think just follow all the guidelines um, and yeah, be nice to people. It pays off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for such a positive story and such a positive ending with all your <laughs> advice. I'm, I'm glad it's positive. Yeah, I think that I think one thing I've heard is that MA35 had a shakeup. I don't know if you've heard about that. Um, there was a case where that was in the news quite a lot um, about them not answering the phone. Yeah, because when I first moved here and I had to go submit that first time, um, 
I think I called once or twice for some reason and it was very hard to get through to them. In the end, I got my appointment and I managed to pull it off and I, I think I didn't have to call too much, so I was okay. But I heard this and I think that there's been this shakeup because now they answer the phone, they're on top of it, they reply to emails within a couple hours usually. It's like they're on their game. So, And I've heard from other people similar stories now in the yeah. last year. I've heard similar stories as well and it's actually pretty good news they yeah they've been very responsive and actually really friendly so yeah it's good so MA35 if you're listening good job keep it up don't stop yeah I can only agree with this <laughs> all right what a positive note thank you so much for being here cool thanks for having me thanks for listening if you know someone or even are someone whose story needs to be told please message me under immigration.stories.austria at gmail.com You can also find the email address in the show notes. Immigration Stories Austria